the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. 602-508-0960. Your hour, open hour, uh, if you want to call in on anything uh, of interest to you. I was yesterday, we were having this great conversation with a, a bunch of you, and Hugh Hallman weighed in as well with his favorite books, conservative books, books that helped shape his thinking, books that were meaningful to him. One of the books I had mentioned that was in my uh, top five was a book uh, by William Buckley called Up From Liberalism, which, interestingly enough, you didn't get a book on conservatism from Buckley, you got a book on liberalism from him. But in the at the end of his... Um, at the end of his preface in, I think, 1961, 1962, when he wrote it, he said um, liberalism in America is powerful but decadent and conservatism <clears throat> is uh, weak but viable, weak but viable. You have a powerful and decadent liberal left and a weak but viable conservative or right. And uh, I, I was just pondering over the break how 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 weak are we right now um of course we're out of power in the white house and the senate and the house itself but how weak does it feel right now we're losing through executive order executive order think about that is that a show of strength by the democrats when they have the house and senate that they have to govern by executive order is that, a is that a show of strength when they are in the majority and yet they can't pass the legislation they want? They have to rely on the executive orders signed by President Biden. That courts are going to be stopping and already have in some cases. I, um, I don't think that's a show of strength. I think it's a show of weakness. And when... You think about what's taking place in California right now. California, I think it's fair to call it one of the most liberal – one of the – I was just going to say, is it the most liberal state in the country? Probably, but certainly top three, top five, top three, yeah. Certainly the biggest liberal state in the country. And, and the governor's in trouble. The governor is going to go through a recall. Now, of course, the real question becomes, do they have a, speaking of viable, Republican candidate to oppose him when he runs to hold on to his seat? And that's an open question, one we can deal with later. But he's in trouble. How do you know he's in trouble? Guess what he's now willing to do? Open schools in California. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, the cases rise. The schools need to be opened because the recall effort is getting serious. All of this is so politically tied. All of it is so very politically tied around the coronavirus. So when Joe Biden told us we shouldn't be playing politics with the virus, please understand, I have to tell you, 
I just don't think the Republicans were playing politics with the virus. I think the Democrats were. And I got to tell you, if the polit- if the Republicans were playing politics with it, they were doing a really lousy job. Because one of the reasons, I think it's fair to say, that Donald Trump lost the election had to do with messaging on the coronavirus. He wasn't politically savvy about it. I think that's an incontrovertible thing to say. He was not politically savvy about dealing with the coronavirus. There were a lot of other problems, too. The CDC was not up to its job. There's a lot of things. A lot of things went wrong. And it's also important to ask, is there any country that did it right? And the answer, of course, is no. So much for having experience at novel things. You can't. You don't. But I think the Democrats were the party playing politics with it. And I think they're still playing politics with it. And I said, and as I was closing the last hour, my concerns really probably about more than any other thing right now are the First Amendment and free speech. And I'll come back to weak and viable and decadent and strong in a moment. I'll come back to that point Buckley made and think about where we are with it with you. But is it a show of strength when they have to deplatform you, when they have to cancel you, when they have to censor you. Now, immediately, people say, Liebson, why are you talking about the First Amendment? Almost all of this is private action. All of, almost all of it is corporate action. Okay, okay. But of public actors, of public officials, against public actors and public officials, and then what do you do with this story? What do you do with this one? Dennis was talking a lot about this earlier in the day. Did you catch his show today, Bill? You catch it a little later, don't you? You catch it on the on the uh, podcast. What do you do with this story? It's written up by Ron Johnson, Senator Johnson, in the Wall Street Journal. Let me just read you what he wrote. YouTube, owned by Google, has ratcheted up censorship to a new level by removing two videos from a U.S. Senate committee. They were from a December 8th hearing at the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee on the early treatment of COVID-19. One was a 30-minute summary. The other was the opening statement of critical care specialist Dr. Pierre Corey. Dr. Corey is part of a world-renowned group of physicians who developed a groundbreaking use of corticosteroids to help treat hospitalized COVID patients. And he was talking about the use of what he found to be beneficial um, uh, uh, of of a medical uh, regimen called ivermectin. You're beginning to hear more and more about ivermectin. It's a uh, drug that uh, is used to treat parasites, scabies, that sort of thing. And he was talking about the published studies on the use of ivermectin in um, treating or prophylactically treating, uh, keeping people safe from COVID. Okay, so what do you do with that? You have a private company, Google, which owns YouTube. So just let's call it YouTube. YouTube taking down U.S. Senate committee hearings. And then you tell me, well, it's just still private action. Yes, it is. 
but that the American people can't see a Senate hearing? Can't see a Senate hearing? Now, yes, of course, again, the First Amendment wasn't to protect the government. But Dr. Corey isn't a member of the government. He's a specialist. He's a physician. He's a scientist. He's a member of the public with some expertise testifying to the government. Should we not have an ethic of an open society where we can see the operations of the government, the Senate? Or what if it were in the House, often referred to as the people's house, because here the people govern, we were told. Why have testimony only to a group of senators that YouTube won't allow the rest of America access to? It's not as if it was about national security. It was not as if it was going to reveal any kind of military maneuvers. It was about one doctor's findings of a medical trial use for something in helping stop, treat, or prevent COVID. Now, Dennis made an interesting point. <clears throat> he'll, he'll be the first to admit. I'll be the firster to admit. I'm not a doctor. He's not a doctor. But there's been enough evidence of certain treatments that deserve more publicity, study, and research. Hasn't there been? Hasn't there been? We know, for example, as I often say, that anecdote is not the singular form of data. Data is not the plural of anecdote. We know this. But you have enough anecdotes and you get to another thing, which is called possible evidence. Possible evidence. You wouldn't have the phrase, if there's smoke, there's fire, if you didn't know that. You wouldn't have that phrase. It wouldn't exist. And the evidence may not be hardcore yet. But why are we keeping it from the American people if we're supposed to just follow the science? And there are scientists who are telling us this stuff could work, which raises the Dennis Prager question, which will haunt us, I think, for years to come. What if the use of these things wasn't politicized and, if deployed, could have saved tens if not hundreds of thousands of lives? but for canceling censorship and politics. Think about that when you talk about politicizing the disease. By the way, 602-508-0960 is the number. By the way, that opening statement of Dr. Corey in December before the United States Senate that was taken down by YouTube. It had 8 million visits before it was taken down. The more popular, the more interest, the more we can't see it, I guess. And it begs an interesting question. 
what do the brains, what do the experts, what do the grand censors at Google or YouTube think will happen if another 8 million or any number of people did see it? Well, we can guess because 8 million people did see it and the answer is nothing. Right? The January 6th riot wasn't a demand for ivermectin. I mean, just what is the great fear and concern here? I'll tell you what it is. The great fear and concern here is it runs against the narrative. It runs against the narrative that we have an uncontrollable virus about which nothing can be done other than shutdowns, lockdowns, and masks. So much so that we went. Do you understand the trajectory of this? We went from Dr. Anthony Fauci telling us a mask is only useful in making people feel good and not doing anything. In fact, possibly causing more harm because of the way people mishandle them, he said. We have the audio. We can play it if you want. We went from that to wear a mask to wear two masks, which is what he was talking about on the rounds of cable networks yesterday. Do you understand that? Within a year, less than a year, within less than a year, the expert we're supposed to defer to goes from no mask, telling us not to wear masks, to wear a mask, to now wear two masks. And we're supposed to take him seriously. But this doctor, who is citing a study, seems pretty interesting to me. Seems pretty interesting to me. 800 healthcare workers receive ivermectin. 400 don't. Okay? 800 receive it, 400 don't. Not one of the 800 contacted contracted COVID-19. Not one of those who had ivermectin contracted COVID-19. 60% of the 400 that weren't taking ivermectin did did somehow that seems just a little more serious to me than listening to someone who says don't wear a mask to wear a mask to wear two masks i don't know why we're not enforcing the wearing of three roses in phoenix hi rose hi there thanks so much um, for picking up my call. Of course. Um, I have, I, thank you. I have a kind of a personal story. It was basically my friend's husband, um, became really ill overnight. He had a very high temperature, couldn't get it down, went to a very well-known condiment named hospital here in the Valley. Okay. And, um, they, gave him a Rona test. He tested positive. And they sent him along his way and told him to take Tylenol. I was appalled because the guy was struggling. I mean, really, honestly, you could walk into your doctor's office, at least pre-COVID, and they would at least give you a prescription for something, Mm. whether it be, Mm. you know, a steroid or something like that. Mm. They told him, 
go home and take Tylenol. And she told me this, thank God. So I gave her the contact info, the link for America's Frontline Doctors. Mm -hmm. And she was able to get a telemed appointment with him or with a doctor. Oh, I didn't know they were doing that. That's interesting. This is good information. Okay, keep going. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's great. Um, Via the America's Frontline Doctors, there's a link. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew they were an advocacy group. I didn't know they were doing telemedicine. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I forgot through whom they contract. It's okay. Basically. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So um, she got in contact with them. They got the telemed appointment set up. They had uh, shipped to them overnight HCQ, ivermectin. Yeah. I don't know what else. Maybe, oh, zinc. Maybe zinc. Uh, obviously, yeah. zinc. Yeah, zinc. Yeah. And better. How long and How she, long did it take for your friend to feel better? Um, before. Well, yeah, that, that, that's right. Let me rephrase the question. You picked up on what I meant. Um, how long did it take for your friend to feel better once your friend started taking the medicine? I think within 24 to 48 hours. Wow. wow. And that's what makes me really angry is that the cancel culture that is now involved with medicine because Orange Man Bad right. tweeted about HCQ. Right, because and he was taking it and could not that. have it. Right, you bet. Yes, exactly. So now um, treatment is, like, it, it comes down to treatment, preventative treatment. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad Rose, that the government's going to be now even more involved in your health care decisions? Oh, so excited. Let me tell you. Do you I remember when the mantra having... used to be keep keep the government out of my out of my doctor's office, keep the government out of my bedroom? Remember when that used to be the mantra? Absolutely. Not anymore. They're 100% involved and everything is politicized. Mm-hmm. You practically cannot walk into a doctor's office so much as with a sniffle or a cough and wonder if you're going to be looked at differently. And even if you did have coronavirus or test positive, wonder if you're going to get the proper treatment that you need. Well, that's the, either that's get the big better. one. That's the big one. That's the, yes, because it really is about treatment. Mm-hmm. And people are not given proper treatment. And prevention. And, and prevention, right? And Obviously. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yes. And America's Frontline Doctors have helped my family as well as friends that I've referred them to. Again, anecdote and, is not data. I get that, right, Rose? You get that, too. Yeah. But you think totally. of someone like Dennis Prager, who's been on this regimen since uh, he first learned about it, I think since probably May, my guess, April mm-hmm. or May. Right. Um, right. If someone is exposed, he is, because he's not a mask aficionado. He travels all the time, and he was in a house that had coronavirus and he hasn't gotten mm-hmm. it again anecdote yep. is not data but there's something there there's something exactly. there about a man who has by his own admission what you might call high risk age and perhaps another comorbidity or two right yep exactly you're right what a great call rose thank you so much take care have a great day stay close you do the same Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. we'll be right back Portions of this show are brought to you by Balance of Nature, the most effective whole food supplement on the market. One daily dose gives you 10 servings 
of fruits and vegetables, powerful, potent, good stuff, garlic, cayenne, spinach, wheatgrass, cherries, mangoes, pineapples, papayas, reduced into vegetarian capsules using their unique cold-pressed process. Tens of thousands of vital nutrients in one daily dose. Boost your health, energy, and immunity with Balance of Nature. I do it every single day. Give them a call at 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE for free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. That's what I take. Balanceofnature.com. Make yourself healthy the natural way. Bob in surprise. Hi, Bob. Hi, Seth. How are you doing? I'm well, sir. How are you? Good. I was uh, just a side note on the previous caller. Um, I thought Governor Ducey had um, an executive order about prescribing hydroxychloroquine for COVID. But I may be wrong on that. I don't know the uh, status of it. There was at one point, and I just don't know the status of it right now. Yeah, I mean, and it's just that type of stuff, I mean, that just blows my mind. You know, to your YouTube uh, censoring and all these other, it's happening. I mean, and it seems like it's big government, big uh, deep state just taking over. And um, I just feel there's nothing you can do. I mean, the boat, you know, it always previously, and I've called you before about the boat and stuff like that. That was always the answer. Hey, go out and boat. But I don't feel my boat counts anymore. I don't think that they're counting. I mean, just look at what's going on today with the uh, the county, you know, trying to audit these uh, machines where you got the board of supervisors. Why? Why would they not want these machines audited unless there's something to hide? And it's just undermined the uh, public's trust in government, fences around the Capitol, 5,000 troops. It's no wonder why those people riot. They're fed up. I'm fed up. I, you know what, Seth? If I would have been there, I may have marched into that Capitol, too, just out of the anger that the public. And I, everybody I talk to feels the same way. And it's, it's almost hopeless, it seems to be. Because, again, it's always been we're a democracy, you know, your vote counts. And the only way you can change it is vote. Well, we did vote. We tried to change it, and it was stolen from us. I don't care what anybody says. I don't believe that this, you know, Biden was elected legitimately until I see an authentic uh, uh, audit of, of voting machines. And the vote itself. I mean, if we've got illegals voting, underage people voting, criminals voting, why do we have laws if we're going to let all those people vote? Bob, are you open? Are you open to the possibility? Is it possible that um, that Biden won? Okay, so if it's possible, well, well, hold on, hold on, just work with me a second. If it's possible that he won, what do you think it was that um, led Donald Trump to lose? Um, The censoring of conservative voices. A lot of people didn't know about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the corruption of the Biden. Uh, It was all censored. 
I, th- I think I, I think that's a really good thesis. I agree with it. I've spoken to that. I think that was a big darn deal what the media did on covering uh, <laughs> and the way they covered it's Trump. Still happening I, today is the frustrating part. The media, the media's in on it. It's almost like it's 1940s Russia. <laughs> no, I, I mean, understand uh, that point. But let me ask you this: Is it also possible to you that aside from censoring? that Donald Trump wasn't as popular as we thought. This is an important point, and I have to take a break. No, can you hold no, and, can, and can you hold fine, this so. thought, Bob, Bob, Bob? This is important. Can you pick up with this on the other side of this break with me? Yes. I, I want to pursue yes. this with you and anyone else. I think this is important and a good conversation. Um, we're going to end up disagreeing on a few things probably, but we'll air it out as we always do with candor and as much intelligence as I can muster and goodwill. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. We're talking with Bob and surprise and uh, entertaining. Uh, the the uh, Bob, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to summarize, you correct me if I mischaracterize what you said. You don't believe that Joe Biden won legitimately, and uh, but you are open to the potential that he might have, and if he might have, it would have been in large part due to the way the media skewed um, the stories about the Biden family, obviously, and scandals and Trump. And I, I think that's 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 an assessment that uh, I can't disagree with. I agree with that. Better way to put it. I think it might be two other things, too. And tell me if you agree or disagree. Um, yeah, go ahead. Did you want to say something first? Well, the only thing I would say just to, before we went to break is, you know, I have to believe my lying eyes, you know. I had never, I'd been in Arizona for over 30 years, and I voted, you know, in politics for that long, too. I'd never seen a 90-mile-long train line for any political candidate. I know. I'd never seen 25,000 people saying, I "I love you, to a politician. I know. That's what makes it very difficult. I know. I know. You're right. It was quite a thing, and it was amazing, and I thought it was all... um, leading up to what I considered what I thought would be a bigger victory in 2020 than in 2016. But is it potentially possible that, you know, 25,000 is not, you know, the majority? Of course it is. And that the enthusiasm that Trump's base had was more enthusiastic than obviously the enthusiasm for Biden but I think I think that we have to entertain the possibility that not only did the media skew the stories, I think we have to entertain the possibility that um, the messaging on the coronavirus and the messaging on issues of race played a real big um, a, 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 a real played a real big role in the election, and that. Donald Trump may not have been as popular as you and I thought he was. And I'll tell you Seth, what my first I, piece I, of evidence I, for that is. I'll tell you why I think that. Well, Seth, Seth hold on. Let me finish this sentence and then more? you go. Let me, let me finish this okay, sentence. Okay, I'm That's okay. That's okay. If you go back to the riots that were taking place over last summer, 
Were you not a little amazed with how much of a lack of denunciation they were receiving? Were you not a little amazed at how much support they were getting from across the country, not to mention the media, not to mention governors and mayors? I was. I was I was shocked by it. Well, okay, so you got a couple things there. Um, so as far as the amazement, so we have to remember what caused the riots, and that was the police officer on that man's neck. Everybody was appalled. That should never have been, but I don't think that had anything to do with Trump. He got more right, black. Right, right. My point coach. about it, right. My, let me, let me. if I didn't make my point clear, my point was it was amazing to me how willing this country or so much of this country was to go along with a left-wing cause, even violent. That's that's all my, my point was, that the country well, may I be think, more left-wing I than, people, than I thought. I, I think people are fair when they see a wrong, even whether you're Republican or Democrat, although rioting wasn't the way to, um, you know, to, to, to handle it, but there's no doubt what that policeman did was wrong, and I can understand, at least in Minnesota, the reason for them rioting. For the rest of the country, I don't quite get it. I don't you know, think the rioting was right by any means, but I can understand the minorities in Minnesota uh, rioting off first glance. Now, after the story has been put out, that, that's another thing, though. But, what, again, what's an like I said, Seth, he got more black, Hispanic. You would really, I mean, I could, if I had. And less white and less youth. So if I had clear. But less white evidence, and less youth, right, Bob? I, I, that I don't know. Yes, less white and less youth. That, it could be on the youth, on the white, I don't know. I, I just don't know. And, you know, the white supremacy thing is also something that uh, that's all of it story. all of it but i do think his messaging on it may have helped um throw I support towards that, biden I, I just think we have to entertain that notion his messaging was better than his i think almost better than his previous messaging um just you know just he had already did you think the first well. debate was good messaging no yeah the first debate was but I don't think the moderator uh, did a great job. Never will. Either. N- never will. And nor do I. Nor, think nor, the no, I know, but that wasn't unique. That wasn't. He unique. wasn't neutral. He surely wasn't. No, neutral. I know, but it wasn't unique, right? So you have to fight when you're in a situation like sure. that. So I, I kind of understand the, uh, how that went down, but I don't think it was the best. By no means was it the showing that President Trump could have did. Um, you know, by by no means. The frustrating part is Seth is. How is this country going to get the um, people to uh, have confidence in the system again? Today, the system is broken down more and more and more. Forty executive orders. You know, again, Trump did the executive orders, but my God, it wasn't that many. Well, I think the court. Um, no, I think I think the courts are going to work on them and uh, are going to stop some of them. They've already have, and I think. I think, Bob, look, we, 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 we came very close. We came very close to um, to losing everything, and yet we didn't. We didn't lose the state legislatures. We thought we might lose the state legislatures in Arizona. We didn't. We, well, we, I mean, we, won, we won some offices here of import. We won the, 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 big, the big kahuna in Maricopa County was district attorney, county yeah. attorney, and the county recorder. Those were pretty recorder. big ones that yeah. were, were really questionable. Yeah. And that and is what, what oversees our law and order difficult. and our elections. All I guess I'm saying is 
All, all I guess I'm saying is if if things are as bad as you say they are, the worst thing we can do is counsel defeat and inaction. And I think that the Democrats have been good for years, better for years at treating politics like a blood sport and a religion in a way the Republicans have been catching up to and trying really hard to catch up to. One of the reasons we liked Donald Trump, so many of us liked Donald Trump so much, is he seemed to be willing to play the game they were playing. Finally, he would fight back his heart. He would punch back as hard as he was punched. And that's why it was a sucker punch to us when he lost. Uh, Excuse me. And And that, I think, is the takeaway message. I think the takeaway message is... More Jim Jordans, more Christy Noams, more Ron DeSantis's, more Andy Biggs, less Mitt Romney's, less Mitch McConnell's, less um, uh, you name it, less less uh, le- less uh, less um, less uh, Susan Collins's. You can pick them. You can just pick them. We have two choices here as to who we want to support. As the future of the party, those who fight or those who think that they can get the Washington Post and the Democrats to like them. The second group will always be wrong. The first group, I think, with the right attitude, messaging and energy can win. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Smitty's in Scottsdale. Hello, old friend. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Pleased to talk to you today. Your last caller, you know, I love what he said about his lying eyes. And, you know, that's really it. Watching the boat counts. I appreciate your optimism and trying to find it. It's not optimism. It's not optimism. It's energy built from anger, built from deep concern. I am not necessarily optimistic. Okay. So watching the vote come in and saying, what the heck? And then listening to the uh, state Senate subcommittees on elections uh, on the computer fraud and the numbers and how possibility becomes such an improbability, it's impossible. And it was in six places. The six key places to affect the Electoral College the Democrats really did it, and you got to tip your hat to them. Uh, and if you had any doubt as to what went on, we don't have to look any further than H.R. 1. Not H.R. 150, but their highest priority is to institutionalize and legalize fraud. And that's it. Their, it, their intention was clear. It is clear. I don't know what to do about that, except uh, work very hard in every state to clean it up. Yeah, unless I, I, HR one. No, I agree. HR no, I think it passed. is. I think I think the states we have what sixty two percent of the state legislatures. We have to stop HR one through the state legislatures. We had Shauna Bullock on talking uh, earlier in the week, uh, Monday, I think it was, about this and what she's proposing in the legislature to do. And I think I think she can. I think we can. And I think we're going to just have to peel off uh, as best we can uh, what we can in the Senate um, on this too, Smitty. But you're right. I mean, it's the Dennis Prager question. Uh, if, um, if, if you are told uh, from on high that your president is a racist and a fascist, what wouldn't you do? 
I mean, nothing they have right. told us gives us confidence. Nothing they have told us, nothing they have shown us gives us any confidence whatsoever, which is why I am angered and energized at the same time. Optimistic, no, but angered and energized. So you, you and I are on, I think, the same page, which is what the page I want to bring Bob to, which is don't give up. Don't give up. Because if you do, then we're in the soup. Then we're in the soup. See, I don't think we're in the soup yet. Not when we still have what we have. We're hanging by a thread, but we have the thread.